welcome and thank you for being here. Well, we're here at our March 2020 Zazenkai, one day retreat, which we've decided to um, do in person and despite <coughs> a global pandemic. So we've come together with certain agreements, namely that we're following the standard recommendations to prevent the spread of illness. come together in part because we believe that it's an important time to cultivate this stable, clear, calm, unafraid awareness. Not Han describes a situation that he witnessed and has, of course, um, happened, <clears throat> excuse me, many times and continues to happen, where there are people fleeing, so in his case, fleeing Vietnam, in very, very crowded, arguably overcrowded boats. So getting into these boats in the first place because the situation on shore is certain death, very dangerous, and then loading themselves into the boats right to the point where the gunwales are flush with the water. Right to that point. Because if someone's running towards your boat, and if they don't get in at certain death, you let them in. Until the water starts rushing into the boat and it becomes clear. Okay, we've crossed that line. This boat isn't going anywhere. <laughs> So one person's going to have to get out. So all these boats just loaded to this point. Also very dangerous situation. Not safe. People are afraid and also Maybe the water is choppy, even somewhat choppy. Water is still flowing into the boat. Some of the boats are going to sink. Maybe many of the boats. <laughs> Thich Nhat Hanh's observation or realization in the middle of that 
situation was essentially that if if there was just one calm person inside the boat those were the boats that made it those were the boats that did not sink those were the boats that reached their destination Because with just this one calm person, one calm presence, stable, serene presence, could induce that in others. To a great enough extent, that the boat could make it. We train, in part, so that we can be that one calm, stable person, that one clear, present, unafraid person. And indeed, we are all in situations already where we are that person. The Buddha said, it's like there's a mountain. Advancing from the north. I smile at this analogy because um, mountains, in my experience, don't advance. But it's like that. Here it comes. And, oh, there's another mountain advancing from the south. And there's another mountain advancing from the west. And another advancing from the east. And they're all coming in. And they're arranged in such a way, let's be clear here, that there's no escape. There's no running out between mountains. It's like this. What's like this? Death. In its certainty, in its inevitability, in our helplessness in the face of it, But also, it's like this. Training the mind is also training the mind for that moment. 
So the mountains are coming in. I don't think anyone's died death by mountain crushing on all sides, but in the parable, the mountains are coming in. What do we do? So the old-fashioned ideal, the ideal in the Buddha's time, is no attachments whatsoever the moment of death. It's just... And then it's bones and blood and water and air and no residual thought and great unbinding so having the that mind state at that moment where there's no no attachment nothing but present present with sensation until there's nothing left to feel the sensation. Or rather, the whole time, feeling is feeling. Feeling is feeling. And no thought of I am. Or we could go with the later Mahayana ideal. No thought, no attachment, except for the vow to be reborn in order to awaken and help others awaken. Either way, tricky, but we do our best. At the moment of death and also in this moment with our mindfulness practice, just present, just present with nothing extra. There are stages, places in Zen practice that feel very boring because there's no drama. It's not good, it's not bad. Just present, just this, very simple. In this place, we see through the false dichotomy of life and death. to be that calm presence, to embody truth. Because 
there is the truth that we are alive. And we have this privilege of embodying. Indeed, here in the middle of a global pandemic, I hope that we all later look back on this time having survived it, and also able to remember that we did some beautiful things. Again, that's our privilege, being alive. We can do beautiful things. We can make art with this very life, with our decisions. So I, I went to the church where we rent. I went to the Unitarian Church yesterday to pick up some additional supplies. And I noted the sign on the door that that church community, and of course many, has shut down all of its programs. So church service and educational programs, all of it. And seeing this and seeing other responses, I'm really personally moved. I find it beautiful that so many are making decisions with a really big picture in mind. So not just will I die imminently, but how can I protect a whole community, a whole um, social infrastructure? And in this case, it looks like the Galene wisdom is falling out on the side of this shut everything down. And it is dramatic. And I find it beautiful. I find it beautiful. I see a kind of art in it, and I see a, I feel a great promise even for humanity that we can manifest in such ways. And then here we are, continuing to sit retreat and holding this all in balance. Um, and again, for me personally, letting the mind settle as we continue to sit and open to 
not sure yet, you know, what wisdom might arise, especially for me as I decide whether to cancel this community's Sunday programs for a while. I think retreat's a little special in that we have uh, the advantage of pre-registration and you know, we know who's going to come and this ability to get a clear agreement from everyone. And Sunday program's a bit different, so I'm contemplating all of that. I'm sure um, at some level we'll all be contemplating that, so let me know if you have your own insights there or thoughts. The other thing I find beautiful is the, the potency, um, the potency of being in the middle of a kind of crisis scenario, or at least a special scenario. You know, we say the 10,000 themes, all themes, are continually preaching the Dharma. I find when it's kind of special what's being said, or the situation, the big picture situation is even a little out of the ordinary, that preaching becomes... eloquent. Or maybe better to say it catches my attention more. So I'm more um, inspired to tune in and do the work that we're always doing at retreat. There's so much that is rich and multi-layered and obvious to feel into. We all have our own body minds our own layers to feel into as we continue our work together. So, let's get back to that. And again, thanks for being here. May we continue diligently for the benefit of all beings. And I'm sorry, actually, we'll do the universal dedication, which is on the back of the pink. <laughs>